welcome to 172. This is a podcast where we interview 172 inspiring people of color to commemorate the 172 reported black lives lost to police brutality. Through these interviews, we explore the themes of systemic racism and how it's embedded within our culture and society. But most importantly, how our interviewees overcame these adversities despite all the odds against them. These inspiring and touching stories truly ground the audience in the realities many American minorities encounter every single day. These same stories, though, uplift our audience. They remind the audience that despite all the narratives, all the stereotypes, despite the mechanisms of social norms squeezing them into an unnatural mold, human potential prevails. Their human potential reflects resilience. Their personal triumphs show how we can embody our own identities while accomplishing our aspirations. They truly reveal how anything is possible, even in a world that wants you to remain silent. This is 172. Johanna Moisey is a native Floridian who spent 17 years dancing and ultimately moved to New York City to follow a career in the arts. This episode is in memory of Janet Wilson. Please welcome Johanna Moisey. My whole entire life, I did dance for 16 years, but also my whole entire life, my parents really wanted me to be in the medical field, Mm -hmm. which also for like a kid with island parents, because my parents are from Haiti. So like the Caribbean kind of ideal is that like you go to America and you become like a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, something that's like a stable thing that you can take care of your whole family and you'll never have to struggle at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my whole entire life, I was being kind of pushed and pulled between like my love of science and education and learning all of these cool things and then also dancing and putting all my passion into something. And so I graduated high school in 2017. And from that point on, I was like, okay, I'll still take dance classes, but you know, my parents are saying it's time to get serious. And so I'm just going to go to college and become a bio major. and do that and then one day I saw that Hamilton was having auditions in New York and I was like okay like maybe I could just try I could just go and I could see and I went I got an email like eight months later inviting me to come dance for them and so I auditioned again for them the whole time still doing school and then I got a call um, late December that I would be joining the cast as a vacation swing in January. What inspired you to kind of chase your dreams and did you encounter any sort of racial adversities throughout that journey? Um, I had always known that dancing and performing was just what I always wanted to do. And when I was very little, I was like the most dramatic child that my mom (laughs) always says that I was so dramatic and always trying to like put on a show in front of everybody. So that's always what I wanted to do. And when I was growing up, um, it was instilled in us very young that like we could do whatever we set our hearts and minds to. So it wasn't like a thing of that I felt like I couldn't make it until later on in life when I realized that like, oh, there's not as many people that look like me on those stages and would it even be worth it to like fly all the way to New York City from Florida just to try and like 
you know, so. Mm -hmm. I think that story is so inspiring and very telling about America itself and kind of what the America, what the American dream really means to everyone, not just, Mm -hmm. you know, white people, but people of color as well, because for many people, they think that the American dream is something that's, you know, just perfection laid on a silver spoon. But for many people, it's something that they have to struggle with and somehow find a way to achieve while being their own leaders and their own, you know, their own, yeah, like their own leaders. So I guess it seems as though your story really encapsulates a lot of duality. You have kind of, you know, your love for the arts, but also, you know, this battle with the sciences and what your parents' expectations are and then kind of embracing your own heritage, but also mitigating the ways towards this idea of the American dream. Mm -hmm. So what were some personal struggles that you found along the way? I thought that Hamilton was a show that had a fully diverse cast. Mm -hmm. And so if I auditioned for that show, I had a chance of getting in. But then thinking about, okay, what happens after that? Like, will I be able to audition for other things? And will I be picked for those other things? Because primarily they all look one way. And the industry right now is trying to like get to the middle, but also at the same time, this like push, push, push for diversity is like, I feel like they're really, really trying to just make sure that everything looks as if it's super inclusive and super you know mm-hmm. with all these people of color and everything so when I was first auditioning for the sh- I was like okay I feel fairly confident in myself that I will go there and I'll do my best job and I'll might be able to get in whereas thinking about afterwards like if I'm auditioning for another show or like a remake of an old show like Thoroughly Modern Millie or something where the cast looked completely different than what the stages are looking like now. Would I make it in or is there like a token spot for a person that looks like me or is there like is there like limited possibility for that because it's not branded on the fact of diversity? Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for me to like um get comfortable enough with myself to be like you know you're gonna do your best and you're gonna go and you're gonna continue to show up in all of these rooms and continue to like try your best to get these things while also in the back of my mind was like if you became a doctor you would for sure be able to reach some kind of dream and become successful because there's nothing really stopping you there because you have like a straightforward, you go to school, you graduate, you do this, and then you have your degree. Whereas this, and especially in the arts, like you want to represent your whole entire community of people, but you don't know if you're the person that, if there's like a spot for two that look like you, if you're gonna make it out of the 10 other girls that look like you who are trying for those two spots, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So with your experience, why do you think it's important that um, the arts kind of involve more Black representation, especially for, you know, girls and boys who want to chase these dreams that you've now fulfilled? Yeah, um, I think that a lot of art and a lot of culture and dance and music has so much, like, African-American influence. Mm -hmm. And so 
a lot of and like just just the influence of like people of color in general i think that you know like if you look back at various different cultures you'll see the way that they honor their gods or kings and people with like music and dance and like all of this stuff that is the foundation of this type of people so i i believe that if more people are given an opportunity to get to those places it'll be not only will it be more diverse i just think that you know if a person is right for the job they should get the job no matter what they look like so it shouldn't be like you have to fit inside this bracket and if you don't fit inside this bracket we'll put you in the show but we'll put you in like a way different spot you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like kind of extending these barriers and like these molds into something that actually looks achievable and attainable you know? yeah and just making it like equal because like i know girls who look like me who could like sing the like house off of Zoe Murphy and Dear Evan Hansen but <laughs> right like, would that happen right now i don't know being in the art scene for so long as you said for 16 years what were some things that you noticed did you ever pick up on microaggressions or were there ever like things that kind of made yeah. me, i'm not really represented here and people are really making me aware of it yeah all the time well not all the time i don't say all the time but there were situations where like it would be very opaque that i was the one black girl in class or like treated as if i should know something based on what i looked like and like one of my first ever dance solos was to like the Martin Luther King I had a dream speech which at the time I was like oh yeah that's so cool but now looking back on it like and especially being in competition I knew that if a black girl danced to a speech about inequality she would probably score high and that's probably what the mindset was a bit for that when you're auditioning for certain like ballet parts if you're in a dance like that you can't really be like Giselle and look like me you know what i mean yes so it was just things that i was like okay like i'll probably for a long time be in the ensemble i'll probably uh i'll probably be on like this kind of path even though like i want to be like one of those leads or one of those like main dancers So, how do you think the art scene reflects both equality and kind of this underlying theme of systemic racism because I feel as though you can say that you want, you know, your ideal role. We want this person to look like this for this specific role. But right. actuality, you know, you can extend those terms and you can go ahead but there's all you know i feel like you know what i'm trying to say here and it's just like yeah there's like a double edged sword where it's like we want you know authentic talent but it comes at a cost and have you right. ever experienced that and what how have you dealt with it the art scene at, at least what i've seen of it has been starting to do like a grand push for diversity right. and so sometimes people who aren't like in those like who aren't diverse i guess um we'll see that it's like a breakdown that'll say we want 
a any ethnicity but like ethnically ambiguous for this role or like we want xyz and it's been a lot of like that to try and make things look as though they're diverse and so if you go see like a broadway show nowadays you'll 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 think that it is very diverse and very about people of color but you'll see that the ensemble has like a certain like shade range i guess mm-hmm. i would say is it more of them trying to just achieve the image rather than really celebrate the diversity itself i believe that people or i want to believe that everybody has the truest and goodest of intentions mm-hmm. but at the same time when you have certain shows where like all the leads look the same and then the ensemble is filled with all of these people of color to make the world of it seem more diverse right that says something mm-hmm. especially to young artists auditioning to be in these shows and things and that's what the great thing about Hamilton was was that when i saw that it was a thing for the first time i was like wow there's so many people of color in this show and like they're the leads they're the ensemble but the whole thing is rooted in the fact that america is this big melting pot kind of thing and that everybody is represented on stage and so like with shows like that it i think that is what helped start this grand shift to like oh we want more people of color because that's what it should look like the base of this all is just a huge misunderstanding of each other's like cultural representations and just like appreciations so what would you suggest for people who want to appreciate black culture without overstepping and becoming you know a, without overstepping and appropriating culture um i think that especially in the past week or so everybody has been privy to a lot of information and the most important thing to do with all that information is to take the step to educate yourself about it and understand why maybe getting box braids as a white woman would not be necessarily great based on the history of it or the fact that years and years ago slaves used to braid their hair a certain way to like delineate maps on their head of how to escape certain plantations like everything has a root and as long as you are open to communicating about it then that's the only true way that we'll be able to move forward and have people respect and understand different cultures without culturally appropriating them mm-hmm. because especially nowadays within the age of social media like there's a lot of one side is right and the other side is right and nobody is willing to come to the middle to listen to both sides and talk about it mm-hmm. and that is what's missing because if you don't come from your respective side your respective ideals of what you believe and communicate in the center you're never going to understand the other side and you're going to continue to go through life one way and believe that everything this side is saying is completely wrong right. and there's just a lot of people right now who aren't open to communication and i think that's a really really big issue yeah definitely and i feel like 
it's kind of ironic enough because we call ourselves the United States, but we're anything but united. We're so polarized and so divided. And I mean, like, I feel like overall, like the main common thing right now is what we're seeing is like, just like a fight for basic human ethics. Like, I feel like yeah. racism, <laughs> racism isn't something that you can politically debate because it's just a degree and a measurement of right. human ethics and how it's executed. Like, yes, I yes. really like, don't get like how people are like, racism good, like argument made. Right. And there's a lot of people who have been saying like, like, oh, I just don't want to get political in like a talk about race when it's like, how is what one person looks like and their treatment by certain systems in place in this government inherently political? They're just asking for the right to live their lives and the right to go to the store and get an Arizona iced tea without walking home and dying because somebody thinks you look suspicious. Exactly. (laughs) And it's just like, a lot, you were saying earlier how now people are kind of rising up and trying to make this difference, making the noise in order to make that difference. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're just being young. Oh, they're just kind of, you know, being disruptive. It's like, no, this is just a direct reflection of how oppressed people have been, how like badly people want change. And the fact that you can just blatantly say like, oh, this is just disruption. This is just a political propaganda. It's like, you're not opening your eyes to the reality of the situation. I think a big thing is that, you know, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to want to change your beliefs. It's okay to change your opinion once new information has been presented to you. Like that is fully okay. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to like have that humility or grace within themselves to hold themselves accountable for what they were just thinking about. Also, that that can come from um, like the shift in the way people interact on social media. Like, mm-hmm. if you say one thing, that's how people are going to view you forever. Right. And if you say the other, people are going to be like, "Oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon," like X Y Z. And I think a lot of people just don't want to feel attacked, and they don't want to feel like people are coming for them. Mm-hmm. So they stay steadfast in those beliefs that the whole entire world is telling them is wrong. Right. just to preserve their own sense of like well I'm right and mm-hmm. this is what I believe you know yeah yeah going off of that what do you think the role is of social media in a time like right now I think that from what I've seen it's been used in a very constructive way this stuff has been happening in our country from the beginning and you can see it way back in history you can see it in textbooks xyz but the difference is that now people can pull out their phone and record it and post it online and have it be seen by thousands of people within minutes right and it's like a whole wider scope of accountability now because we see you on video doing this and that makes a large amount of people upset And then that large amount of people will use their social media to spread that video and also spread a message of what are we going to do about it. And I think especially during this time that we've all been at home, stuck in home in quarantine, a lot of people are, have been frustrated that they're not going to work. They've been frustrated that they've been inside their little apartments all day or at home all day. And 
we've all been stuck inside so why is it that there are videos of people being killed coming out like day after day yeah like it's just insane to me I feel like it really just once you take away all the distractions all like the games all the performances all the like advertisements that's going around you go ahead and really open yourself to what you were blind to before Mm-hmm. And the, and especially because we have nothing to do but scroll on our phones all day or like read something like you can't really run away from it, mm-hmm. especially right now because everybody is posting resources. Everybody is like posting who to call if you get detained for protesting. Everyone's posting the protesting. They're posting videos of why they're protesting. Like on any given day right now if i scroll down my timeline i'll see like every image about yeah. what's happening outside which is really moving to see yeah. and also just thinking about all the people who are so steadfast in what they believe that they are seeing that as well and that it's not like the one person who said that they were wrong like no it's a lot of people who believe that people who look like me and bipoc people deserve to be able to live and you want you want to be on the right side of history for this one because yeah. if you're stay beliefs that like that doesn't matter or just say like all lives matter as a blanket statement which i also don't really understand that whole argument because the statement black lives matter doesn't mean that nobody else matters it's just yeah. that these people and my people we are getting hurt and harmed in a large way and it's being represented on national television all the time and we feel unsafe so we matter as well it's not yeah. saying that you don't matter at all mhm i think another big issue that i find with the whole all lives matter statement is that it was only created to combat and silence mm-hmm. the black lives matter movement mm-hmm. which just speaks volumes to again the systemic racism that we're bred with that we're nurtured with exactly and it's like this kind of gaslighting sort of way to just like diminish what bipoc people are going through yeah cuz like if i told you i broke my arm and i needed to go to the doctor like i'm not going to call the doctor for you a perfectly healthy person who has nothing going on <laughs> exactly and if you tell like your arm matters too of course it does but mine is broken what's your opinion on people like on what people can do who are part of the oppressed but also for the people who want to become more allied um well on my instagram i created like a little that has a bunch of resources and a bunch of things that people can go to to just like look at how they can help and if they don't have money to donate there's a youtube video you can stream for you don't even have to listen to it just stream it let the ads play the ad sense will rack up and be donated to a movement and there's a phone thing you can call there's quick email links you just have to put in your name and your state and just send it to your elected representatives like there's so much information and especially in the social media age it's so easy to find information mm-hmm. like wherever you look right so i think and like also so much like media like you can watch 13 on netflix you can watch so many documentaries read so many books 
about everything that's going on and if that's the one thing you do is watch a documentary you've already taken a step to combat all the years of what's already been preconditioned for you to believe you know so it's all about just people taking those steps to help educate themselves or taking those steps to send an email or like it's all and it all happens so quick and you can find it so quickly on social media yeah and listen to your friends who are going through this and who have seen things happen disproportionately online you know yeah um can you elaborate on that cuz i feel like right now for me personally reaching out to my friends who are going through all this is something that's like touched my heart and opened my eyes to everything that they do and or personally and emotionally and how you know we all have our surface image but you know we all go beyond with personal trauma so what would you right. say for reaching out like what's the most important thing to really focus on I think at least speaking from my experience when friends have reached out to me and just shown me that they see what's going on and they understand what's going on and even if we don't have the same political views like even if you support one person I support another person the fact that you are coming to me and telling me that you see me and you understand that what's going on outside is wrong and you want to do anything you can to help even if it is should i watch this documentary to learn about it or what should i do like just taking the step to step beyond your own i don't want to get political on social media xyz and just talk to your friends that is really important and i don't believe that everyone should be posting on social media and like doing like the black square thing or whatever like because some people just don't use socials like that or maybe they do and maybe you know they just feel very uncomfortable but it's an uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. and you need to be able to step outside of your own uncomfortableness and realize that a person that you're talking to who has gone through or understood all of this has been uncomfortable for a very long time mm-hmm. like they were probably 5 years old when they first got to talk about what to do if somebody does something to you based on the color of your skin and it's right. been something that has been conditioned in them their whole entire life so it's an uncomfortable situation but reaching out to people and understanding that you being uncomfortable and them being uncomfortable and having a talk about it and communicating what to do effectively is the only way that we're ever going to make change what would you say we can do to better implement kind of these norms and principles that promote a desegregated society. I had a friend tell me once that um speaking about work just in general that I should do one thing a day that's going to get me to my dream or get me to my job. And I believe the same thing to be true in this scenario like if you do if you like call your aunt who just doesn't believe anything of what's going on and you try to talk to her and if that's all you do that day that's enough but having just not letting this whole movement become a trend that dies after a week mm-hmm. because i've already seen like on twitter like the amount of tweets about it going down and like the amounts of hashtags going down because it is a very hard fight and people are going to get tired but you need to be able to like recharge yourself and reevaluate why are you doing this in the first place 
like what is it that you truly care about and be accountable to what you care about and keep doing little things every day to move it forward and you don't have to go outside and protest in the street like your activism could be talking to your family members who don't understand Mm -hmm. or your activism could be sending a quick email or your activism could be reading up on it and understanding you know yeah i feel like as of now in like the age of social media it's never been easier and like there really is no excuse and going off what you said earlier it doesn't have to be through social media like i understand how that's not for some people and that's not really their platform but there are multiple resources that you can use to reach the people who really need to hear this message i guess like what would you say for all the people who feel lost and unheard right now I myself, at the very beginning of what was going on, didn't have the bandwidth to like sift through everything that was going on in my body and my mind about how I was feeling and also be able to like jump into conversation with friends and like get on FaceTime and like play games and like all of that and that's okay. You're allowed to take a moment and and like truly feel how you feel about what's going on outside because it's not great and it's not easy to see and it's not easy to scroll through your social media and keep seeing the video and like all of these various videos and like see all of these names of people that have died because of police brutality and you know it's like your feelings are fully warranted and you're allowed to sit in that emotion and you're allowed to scream into your pillow about it and you're allowed to like you're allowed to feel how you feel i would just urge that in feeling how you're feeling as hard as it is to step outside of that and if somebody says something that is just off color or just not great and your first response is to be like coming at them and like telling them that it's wrong to like take a breath and realize that what you're going through so many people have had to go through and you're not alone in it because if you look outside there's like thousands of people protesting alongside with you and just like remembering that at your core that you are not alone that you are being seen that so many people are trying their best to become allies for you and your cause and that you're just allowed to feel that emotion.